Welcome to Him for Her Radio, women's hot topics. Ladies, this show is for you. Find clarity, discernment, and discover who you are in Jesus Christ, all while exploring the hot topics of the day. She's an evangelist, founder, and president of Him for Her Ministries, and she's here to tell it like it is. Your host, Suge Burry. What happen if you say what you want to say? Hello, listeners. This is Sugbury, and I am with him for her radio, Women's Hot Topics. Would you guys find us online? Find us at him4herministries.org. And we're asking that you'll come alongside us, that you'll donate, that you'll help us bring the gospel of Jesus Christ to the darkest corners of the world. Ladies, I can't do this by myself. And I am here with my co-guest host, Reagan Kramer, and she can't do it by herself. Thank you, Reagan, for being here. Only with the Lord. Great to be here, Shug. Amen for that. Well, you know, some of these topics, we've always said that this is a safe place for your voice to be heard. And today is one of those days that this is a safe place for us to talk about the tough topics that happen in this world. And today's topic is on domestic abuse. No, I don't want to talk about it. There's going to be a day in a perfect world when Jesus Christ comes again. This is not even going to be a, a topic at all. But the enemy is alive and well in our lives and other people's lives. For our battle is not against flesh and blood, but it's against the spiritual forces of evil. And domestic abuse is part of that. And you know what, ladies? Domestic abuse happens in the church. It happens in church homes and believers. And so today we're going to be talking with one of my favorite people, that's my new friend, Nagme Panay, and she was married to Saeed Abedini, and she did experience domestic abuse. And Reagan, would you share with us a little bit about our guest? Welcome, Nagme. Thank you. Great to have you back um, on part two. And your story is absolutely incredible, and I'm so thankful for your transparency and your compassion and love for people through all the things you've been through. So we want to hear uh, a lot of the story from you, but just to give people a background on part one, um, you're from a Muslim family. You were born in 1977 in Iran and became a follower of Christ at the age of nine through a vision that your brother had. Uh, A few months later, you came to America From the time of your conversion, you've just had this passion for evangelism and wanting to reach Muslims for Christ. Um, And then in 2001, you went and you took a trip to Iran and you met Saeed Abedini and married him in 2004. You have two children. And, you know, through all of this and your passion to share the gospel, you're married to this man and he's got a passion for the gospel, but you're living in a, no one knew you were living in a dark and abusive marriage all of this time. And many of our listeners may have prayed for you, have seen you on Fox News and CNN, where you were asking, uh, were asking Christians and asking people around the world to pray for him because he was arrested in 2012 in Iran while visiting and incarcerated. So we're so thankful you're here. Mm -hmm. Uh, You've been a voice for so many women in sharing the gospel and now in domestic violence. And we have way, a lot more questions for you to answer today. So yes, thanks for do. being here. Amen. Thank you, Reagan. And if you haven't, please listen to part one first. You get the background of where this comes from, uh, where the discussion goes. So a hot button for me is oftentimes people manipulate God's word. They take God's word, manipulate it to hold people down. 
Um, and so you and I, Nagme, have talked at length about the pain and suffering you've experienced battling with the Proverbs 31 woman, which basically got held over your head um, so that the domestic abuse could happen. Can you share with our listeners um, what happened to you because of Scripture and how um, it affected the abuse? Yes, unfortunately, um, Scripture was used to um, have me submit I was told, you know, um, by even religious leaders and pastors, even if he's not doing his part, you, if you submit, um, you're being godly. And the scripture was just used and misused about the Proverbs 31, thinking that if I, uh, if Saeed, you know, if my husband was pleased with me, then God was pleased with me. And it really led me down a road of idolatry. Um, Now, what do you mean by idolatry? How does that happen? I was willing to submit to uh, everything and anything, even including if it um, compromised the Word of God and God, you know, compromised the Word of God, even if I had to um, hide and, you know, uh, if I, you know, for example, I was, um, for, uh, for example, one of the things that my husband at that time wanted was for me to watch pornography. Mm. I knew deep within that that was wrong. And I knew that the Holy Spirit was not happy with it, but I I chose making him happy, making my husband happy over sitting against God, Mm -hmm. for example. There was times I did put my foot down eventually, and I said, no more. I I, I can sense this is a sin against God. I'm not going to, being a godly wife does not mean I I sin, you know, I I compromise the Word of God, and I know what it is, is sin. Mm -hmm. But I was willing to do anything to keep my marriage and please my husband, even to the point where I was breaking God's Word. And um, I was willing to bow down to, to, I was bowing down to my husband um, instead of God, and I was afraid. I was being controlled by fear of, of being divorced and losing my marriage and what that would mean for my kids. And uh, for for me, um, when everything fell apart, for me, that's the sin God brought to light for me, that I was, worsh- I was, it was idolatry, idolatry of my marriage, idolatry of my husband. And it had caused distance between me and God. I was, I, and, and more, the more I submitted to abuse, that was actually bad for my husband because it was enabling him, and mm-hmm. it was rewarding bad behavior. Mm-hmm. And so uh, it was really, and at the same time, it was it, idolatry. If we look at the Old Testament, always brings oppression and bondage. And so I was going deeper and deeper in oppression. I was enabling my husband and actually pushing him more into bad behavior because it was, it was giving him what he wanted. It was right. giving him results. And God showed me that that's not what honors me. You know, I was reminded of a Muslim marriage. That's how it looks like. The woman is suffering. The husband is cheating and beating. But God was like, and to his word, Jesus showed me that's not who I am. That's why um, marriage is supposed to be a sign, an example of Christ and the church. Mm -hmm. The world is supposed to look at a Christian marriage and say, wow, the husband is in a place of authority, but he's laying down his life Mm -hmm. for his wife. Yeah. He's serving her. He's loving her. How is that even possible? Because humanly, it sh- it's not possible. It's only through the Holy Spirit. And that's why as Christians, we can be such a witness in our marriages. But when we submit to abuse and corruption, we're not actually glorifying God. And that was a wake-up call for me. That was actually, I realized I was bowing down to idols. And in the process, I was actually not honoring God at all. That's a good explanation and a great distinction when we start, if we start to idolize something else or even our own husbands. 
it pulls us away from God if mm-hmm. he's not the one that we are worshiping first and foremost. And being in the word and understanding what it means when those arrows fly at us, when it's confusing and we may be being abused and not even know it for a while. So thank you for explaining it that way, Nagme. And so what boundaries did you need to put in place to keep yourself safe when you started to realize what was happening? Yeah, it was towards, um, the, actually, I didn't know when Saeed was going to be released from prison. It was in November of 2015 that God really spoke to me through his word. Um, and for the first time, I actually shared with a pastor that I, I was speaking at his church um, and I shared with him what was going on, and he said, you're an abused wife. Mm-hmm. But before that time, even God was speaking through his word and showing me and speaking to me that if you love your husband, you would stop at what you're doing, and you would call him to repentance. And so for me, the first step was um, to stop enabling him. I stopped the phone calls with him. I would pray, cry out on my knees for his repentance and change. And then when he got out of prison... I was fearful because my first interactions on the phone with him was threats of making me pay uh, for what I'd done, taking the kids away. I was scared. I was excited. He was finally out of prison, but at the same time, I was scared. It was such a, it was so dramatic, um, all the emotions I was going through. But the first thing I had to do was I did not want divorce. I wanted, still to this day, I pray, me and the kids pray for repentance mm-hmm. for him. I wanted repentance and a healed marriage, mm. but I, you know, and, and that's, I separated myself, um, filed for a legal separation because he threatened to come get the kids to, you know, before he would beat me, if the smallest um, disobedience. So here he, thing about abuse about him had um, gone out in public and I was fearful of his, what his reaction would yeah. be and he'd already threatened me over the phone. So I had to leave for a file for legal separation. I lovingly kept telling him, repent, forget about the world, forget about media. Let's just have a quiet life, repent, build our marriage. But he did not like that. And unfortunately, a year, uh, a few months after he came out, he, he filed for divorce. And then um, within a year, the divorce was finalized. I am so sorry that you experienced this. And those of us are on the other end. We are praying for you. We see these things on social media. We're praying for your husband getting out. Ladies, if you're just listening, this is Shugbury, him for her radio, Women's Hot Topics. Today, we're talking about domestic abuse. I want to make sure we share the domestic abuse hotline, which is one 800 799 Seven two three three, one eight hundred seven nine nine seven two three three. Our listeners should be able to um, dial in then to the National Domestic Violence Hotline. An advocate will be available to talk with you if you're experiencing this as well, um, and you're relating to what Nagme is sharing. Um, and find us as well on uh, him for her H I M number for her ministries.org online. Share with us your thoughts, your views, your questions, your victories, and your burdens. We are here for you. This is a safe place, and this is your show. And Nagme, you were um, not only going to the White House and going to political leaders and going all over the place to share about getting your husband released, but I know that you shared with me he was being abusive to you even in prison in Iran. How did he do that? Well, it was the last year of his imprisonment he'd gotten a hold of. So the first two years, it was minimal contact, but it was the last year that he was in prison that somehow he had gotten a hold of a smartphone. 
And I have no idea how you can have a smartphone with internet inside mm-hmm. of an Iranian prison, but mm-hmm. there's actually, when he came out, he, he admitted to it that he had a phone. And through this smartphone, he was monitoring everything I was doing. He was calling me names. He would say, you know, you're, he would call me a lot of bad words, you know, um, Jezebel, whore. I mean, I don't want to say a lot of it, mm-hmm. but he was just calling and he would say, don't think people are clapping for you. They're clapping for me. You're nothing. You're worthless. And so I would say, you know, if this is really bothering you that I'm traveling, I could stop. I really wanted to stop. I didn't like the spotlight. I did not like being away from my kids. And he would say, no, you have to travel to keep my story alive. And so no matter what I did, he was angry. And I just was shocked that not only um, by laying down my life and trying to get him out of prison, not only had I not won over his love, I was hoping that now he would treat me differently and be kinder and nicer but he had actually become worse. And that's when God through his word showed me that uh, without even knowing it, I, we've fallen into the world of Christian celebrity. Like it, mm-hmm. he had the, the, the attention to his name and the money that was coming in and the speaking engagements was actually killing our family. And that's when I stopped everything and um, went back to a quiet life in Boise. But um, it was it was he was it was through a smartphone that he was in contact with me through the Iranian prison. Wow! And Nagme, what would you tell our listeners uh, who are tuning in now? How would you counsel and give wisdom if they are finding themselves in a, a domestic abuse situation? We talked about it's lonely, um, all the feelings and emotions that come up. What wisdom would you give them now? Um, first, I want to quickly say that um, the reason I fought for Saeed, because a lot of people ask me, why did you fight for him? I would have just let him rot in prison. First, it was, I really, God really revealed to me through his word that we were his enemies and he died for us. And um, laying down for my husband, laying down my life for my husband to get him out of a bad situation that the Iranian government should not be imprisoning anyone for their faith in the first place. So speaking out for religious mm-hmm. freedom issues, was not a wrong thing. Second, I was complete. He was my idol. He was my God. I could not survive. I could not function without him. And I want him out. Your husband. And yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. So that's what really drove me. I, could, I couldn't function life without him. And God in his grace um, used this time of separation to actually free me of my bondage where, mm-hmm. um, um, where I was, I, I could live. I mean, it was Christ was the only one I can't live without. It Amen. shouldn't be any, human being or anything but i would suggest to women is um get draw closer to the lord all the things that have been used against you in scripture that's not who god is god is a god of compassion he cares for the person more than the institution of marriage Mm -hmm. now i care about the institution of marriage a lot and i didn't want to file for divorce but God showed me that he cares more about the person. Sometimes we want to keep a woman in a very dangerous situation because we want to save the marriage. Mm -hmm. But that's not our job. Our job is to love on the oppressed and hurting. Mm -hmm. So I would say get somewhere safe. A lot of churches, unfortunately, advise you not to report violence and crime, but report it. And this is loving towards your husband, actually. When they are safe and are, are their own sin and they're they're uh, kept accountable actually there's a chance there's an opportunity for them to repent mm-hmm. and it, for the sake of your husband for the sake of your kids and yourself report it and call them to repentance i would give you first corinthians 5 9 through 13 the bible says we are to separate ourselves from someone who's headed in the wrong direction pursuing sin and we're called to call them to repentance so i would 
uh, advise that with women, draw close to the Lord, draw close to the Word of God, and uh, get rid of all the things you've been taught and ask the Holy Spirit to show you, reveal the Word of God mm-hmm. about what, who you are in Him. You're His daughter, you're His bride, and He, he came to give His life for you, and he, it does not honor God. This kind of marriage that's abusive does not honor God. It's, it doesn't set us apart as the rest of the world mm-hmm. when we behave in that way. Mm-hmm. And so there's two ways that people use God's Word. You can use God's Word to manipulate, to hold down, to abuse, or you can use God's Word to heal. And that's what Jesus did for you, Nagme. He gave you healing. And ladies, if you're scared, if you're nervous, if you're afraid, God tells us time and time again in His Word, 1 Corinthians 16 says, Be on your guard. Stand firm in the faith. Be courageous. Be strong. In Psalm 31, it says, Be strong and take heart, all you who hope in the Lord. And you know what, ladies? God is the one that's going to bring justice. You do not have to worry about revenge because Romans 12 tells us, repay no evil for evil, but give thought to do what is honorable in the sight of all, if possible, so far as it depends on you. Live peaceably with all. Now, that does not mean a doormat, ladies. Beloved, never avenge yourselves, but leave it to the wrath of God. For it is written, vengeance is mine, I will repay, says the Lord. Now, I want you to understand, ladies, that um, I agree wholeheartedly with what Nagme had said. Let's pray for our abusers, especially if you're a victim in this situation. It starts by turning to God, turning to his word. Don't take out vengeance. Allow God to do that. But get yourself in a safe place. Reagan, what is that hotline number that the women can reach out to? The Domestic domestic Abuse Hotline is 1-800-799-7233. That's the National Domestic Violence Hotline. Anywhere in the country, you can call 1-800-799-7233, and someone is there 24-7, 365 days a year. Amen. Uh, Nagme, I love about you that you are a fellow evangelist, as I am. And so what would you share with the women on how Jesus Christ walked alongside you during this difficult time? You know, actually, my brokenness um, and abuse has been a tool that God has used to reach broken women, especially broken Muslim women. Mm-hmm. And it, it, I thought if I portrayed a perfect marriage then I could speak into people's lives and share the gospel even more powerfully. And that's why I was trying so hard to have that perfect marriage. And God in His goodness just let it fall apart to draw me closer to Him. Um, During the abuse, my relationship with God was so cold. I have to say, I rarely read the Bible. I rarely prayed. I saw submission to abuse as God's command, and I just saw God in a different light. But it was when He rescued me through His Word, through His love and compassion— that um, and and when my marriage fell apart, actually God has used that even more so to evangelize. Mm. Um, and you know, in our weakness, He's strong. We don't have to show that we're perfect. We actually can't. God God wants us to show to the world that we are weak and broken, but He is amazing to point everything back to Jesus. And that has been such a great way, um, surprising to me, uh, how of how God has used um, this brokenness. To, for me to be able to share the gospel even more. And I'm so thankful for that. Amen. We are all broken in some way, aren't we? Mm-hmm. I, I love how you say that you still pray for uh, your former husband and you pray for his repentance and you pray that he would turn. And that is just your compassion and love in Jesus is the only way you could do that. 
And I see, um, I'm wondering how you think, just from your experience, how the church could be of help now. And I mean the church and then also the body of Christ. Yes, I, I do want to say that um, I still love him. I don't hate Saeed. I pray for repentance for him. And I cry out to God for mercy for him. I've stayed single, giving him time to repent. Um, and so um, I, I think that's what you can pray for your abuser, too. You don't mm-hmm. want anything between you and um, you and God. So any unforgiveness, any bitterness, release it. It's not worth how it, it would affect mm-hmm. your relationship with God. But I would say to the church, believe the abuse. Because a lot of times they don't believe it, and there's and then they bring the two of the abuser and the abuse together in a, a marriage counseling session, which is the most dangerous because it becomes about he said she said, and the abuser ha- ha- is a wonderful deceiver and manipulator, and always it puts it back on the abuse. So, uh, with Christian material out there on domestic violence, liberal, you know, um, non-Christian material, any material you, you read on domestic violence, it says do not bring the abuse and the abuser in the same room. Mm-hmm. And in the Bible, we see that the sin of each person is dealt with separately. And uh, unfortunately, I recently saw on a famous organization website a book that was promoted that said, what part did the wife play in his, her husband's adultery? Mm-hmm. We don't play part in another person's sin. We don't. Mm-hmm. We can. They have to own up to their own sin. And we then, like, for what God showed me about my idolatry, then we can look at our own sin of how, you know, our own sin separately, but we can't cause someone else to get angry or cheat on us. Mm-hmm. And that's not in the Bible. So I would say, uh, be careful uh, for the church. I would say, do not put the abuse and the abuser in the same room. Do not uh, say you caused him to be angry or you caused him to cheat on you because you were distant or you weren't, give, you know, providing enough support, you know, sexual uh, support or emotional support, and I would say, um, if you, in order to save the marriage, which is a lot of what churches want, it's actually it's the way to do that. It would be to call the abuser to repentance and work with them separately and see fruit of repentance over time, and that's actually what's going to bring true healing to the family mm. and glorify God. Amen. That's you know, the way to handle it. God tells us in Matthew, "Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened." and I will give you rest. Come to Jesus, ladies. And what does that mean? That just means opening up your heart and saying, Jesus, I need you in my life. I ask that you forgive me for my sins. Help me to turn away from my sin and turn towards you, Lord. Come into my life. Guide me for the rest of my days. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. And ladies, if you said that prayer today for the very first time, hallelujah, first of all. Tell somebody else. Get yourself a Bible. Get one. uh, You know, I joke about this. Get one in large print because we're not getting any younger. And I really encourage you, ladies, to get to know God's Word because not only does it free us, it shows us the love that He has for us. And, And Nagme even shared how much peace it gave to her. So, Nagme, share with us what is next in your life, what's coming up, and how can we pray for your family? We have about one minute left. I think the number one prayer for our family is to pray for um, Saeed's repentance Mm -hmm. and um, freedom from the chains that that have bound him. And also, just in the last year, I've been involved with uh, the persecuted church and Christians that are being persecuted in Iran and Turkey, and also... I've been very involved with the refugees here in Boise. And so just prayer for that as uh, 
I, I take the kids out and we share and just prayer for that as God um, leads of um, each step as well, we reach out, especially to Muslims. I can't thank you enough for coming on, for taking the time, for sharing openly from your heart to bring peace. I hope this brought peace to you listeners, to women out there that might feel that loneliness and being forgotten. And, you know, we're going to have another show together. Thank you. You've already agreed to this. It's going to be on evangelizing to Muslim women in the United States. Ladies, stay tuned for that. That's coming up. That's going to be a hot topic that we are having on Him for Her Radio Women's Hot Topics. Nagme, Reagan Kramer, thank you so much for joining us. And may God bless you immeasurably more than you could ever ask or imagine. Ladies, this is Sugbury, over and out. I love you.